Good to see you this morning. Things are a little different than normal, and uh, sometimes those things work that way. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Titus, chapter 3. And I want to look mainly at a verse in this passage of Scripture that I want to share with you this morning. And um, But before we do, and we're going to look at verses 1 through, I think, at least 5 or 6 here. We'll pray and ask the Lord's blessings on uh, looking into the Scripture today that God might open our hearts and minds to His truth and um, that He'll be with those who can't be with us today because of sickness. There's quite a few. And uh, so, so let's pray. Father, we're grateful today to be able to be here. Thank you for these that have come to worship. And we thank, Lord, you for your greatness, for how marvelous you are as we have sung. And Lord, you're the eternal God. You're sovereign over all things that come to pass in our lives. Sometimes we're um, shaken or surprised And yet, Lord, you never are. We thank you for that. Help us to trust you. Thank you today for the Holy Spirit that indwells every believer. And we pray today that you will speak to our hearts through the passage we're going to be looking at here. And, Lord, meet the needs of our hearts today. And, Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the book of Titus, in chapter 3, I want to look at uh, just a few verses Uh, Paul uh, is writing to Titus and encouraging him where he is at Isle of Crete. And here in this passage, he says in verse 1, Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to uh, be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. But we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves of various passions, And pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hatred uh, by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of uh, God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of our works done by us in unrighteousness, not because of the works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. In this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul gives one of the clearer statements about the work of salvation and what God has done for us. When I was first saved, 40, it's been some 43 years ago now, I had gotten saved, come to know the Lord, struggled in the first couple of weeks of my salvation with assurance, and as I started studying the scriptures, and especially in the book of John, God helped me really get that settled, the work he had done, and it was evident to me that God had done something great in my life. I mean, my my attitude um, uh, toward life, uh, my desire to do right and honor the Lord just changed, and uh, what a great thing it was, and I remember speaking to my father. My father uh, I was raised in church and um, very different from the kind of church today. My father was uh, Pentecostal. and um, But I wanted to share with him when I finally got assurance, I thought he's going to be the most excited man in the world because I had been a rough young man. And I say that sadly. It's just the truth the way it is. But I remember talking to my dad and telling him what had happened, how God had saved me and changed my heart and my life. 
And my daddy asked me one question. He said, have you received the spirit yet? And that troubled me. That troubled me because uh, one of the reasons that I was having such a time and a struggle with my assurance, some of the things I had seen growing up in church did not happen to me in the emotional ways and some other things. And by him asking that, it challenged me, though, to get into the Scripture. And I saw a direction from a pastor and the guy that led me to Christ. And, uh, and I said, I-, I need to understand this thing about the works of the Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does and uh, his baptism and all these things. And, and I began to study that subject matter, and it really helped me. You know, Jesus said, if you continue my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It, it will. It will in so many ways. Uh, as we continue in the scriptures and learn about the things that maybe trouble us, God can help us see the truth, and he can help us deal with the fact that there are differences among Christians sometimes and uh, know how to deal with those things scripturally. And I want to share with you just a little bit of time here. I'm not going to ask you to turn to all the passages. Um, as a matter of fact, I've typed out the verses, so I won't be turning, just to make it uh, a little quicker here. If this is a subject matter that troubles you, and it could be, I would encourage you to go back and listen to this message and write down some of these verses and spend some time also yourself studying. And if John will let me, uh, I'm going to continue this as I preach again the next time. I would like to do a series on the work of the Spirit. Now, I say that because I I try not to do things that John's planning and got in his plans to do himself, and we haven't had a chance to talk. This all came about Friday night. We didn't know what was going to happen And Friday night, we decided we were going to do this. So I've been looking at this for some time, so I just want to share uh, with you some thoughts. The first thing about the work of the Holy Spirit, I learned quickly because I was in the book of John, the Holy Spirit convicts lost men before salvation. And probably you experienced that if you've come to know the Lord. There were times you fell under conviction. I did. And here in the passage of Scripture, uh, in, in John chapter 16, verses 8 through 11, and says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And again, that's in John chapter 16, verses uh, 8 through 11. Now, here in this passage of Scripture, it's very evident being unsaved, we don't didn't have the Spirit, but yet the Spirit of God works in our lives. He definitely worked in my life for the year or two before I was saved tremendously. Uh, in various times, I can go back and see things that God was doing. The first thing it says in verse 9, he reproves the world of sin. And certainly, we see that. The great sin that every man, and the sin that matters the most for every man, woman, and child is this subject matter of faith in Christ and not trusting the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. Now, there's some that don't even know that message. That's true in the world. But especially if you and I have been raised around churches and probably heard the gospel to some degree all our lives, as I had, uh, he begins to help us to see that we're sinning against God in the greatest way, and this is the thing he, he helps us to see. I remember, I remember in the first days when I heard the message, sitting in my home, Uh, I remember thinking about the Lord Jesus Christ being on that cross, and he did that for me. And I'll tell you, that really drew a heavy thought in my soul uh, of what Christ had done for me, how he loved me, and how I certainly had not been serving him. I certainly was not trusting him. 
and that was clear, of righteousness concerning what is right and the righteousness of God that we can only receive by faith. We can never be good enough. Uh, if you talk to people about the Lord Jesus Christ and ask them if they talk to you and say they think they're going to go to heaven, and you, it's not wrong to ask them this question. Why? Why do you believe you're going to heaven? Most likely they're going to begin to tell you that they're trying to live right and, and do the Ten Commandments and do all these things that people think that's a lot of people in this world think that's the way you get to heaven. That's not true. Listen, the only righteousness we can have before God, the only righteousness I have before God is the righteousness of Jesus Christ by faith, what he did. I'm trusting that and nothing else, not another thing. Uh, now, I want to live right, and God gives me grace to live right, and we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes, but it's important that we understand uh, that we have no righteousness a, a, apart from Christ and judgment because judgment is coming and what is true and the judgment of God being poured out. Secondly, he regenerates the lost man. Now, in this passage of Scripture that we read here in verse 5, notice what he says. He saved us not because of work done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. It is by the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Father in heaven planned out this great work and plan he has of all time in the world and salvation. Jesus Christ came some 2,000 years ago. He came, uh, we've just thought about Christmas and the incarnation. He took on our humanity. Uh, man failed as a human. Jesus Christ came. He lived a righteous and perfect life. Three times you find in the New Testament the Father speaking out vocally to people standing by. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He's never been able to say that about me. Certainly not on any works that I have done. But of Jesus Christ, he could say that. And yet, Jesus Christ went to Calvary. He paid for my sins. And by faith, as I trust him, he gets my sins. He paid for them there. And I get his righteousness. So we understand this regeneration work is the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we will see that. John chapter 3, Jesus and Nicodemus. Uh, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter again into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a man is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, uh, this thing of salvation is certainly through the Word of God. Peter tells us in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, the gospel always is what is necessary as we share the gospel. And as I heard the gospel, I was saved through the truth of the word of God. But now listen to me. It is the spirit of God that brought about that work in my life. And certainly we need to understand that as we think about our salvation. Now, it's certainly necessary for the Holy Spirit of God to do this work, but we certainly cannot do it in and of ourselves. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, um, and you who were dead in trespasses and sins, it tells us that he quickened us. He brought us to spiritual life. I had no doubt heard the gospel before. I no doubt maybe had read. I certainly had heard John 3.16, and, and, uh, and, and maybe I had heard the way of salvation to some degree in my life, but I never believed it. But the night that I heard the gospel message, that night it was very different. 
That night, something happened in my heart that didn't happen of me, but it happened totally of the Lord. It is the work of regeneration. See, because we're spiritually dead, we cannot do this thing. We're enemies of Christ, the Bible says, before we are saved. Um, you know, enemies don't kind of just give in to their, uh, their opposer. And, and the truth of the matter is, by the way, listen, people are glad to hear about Jesus in that cradle. They're glad to even to hear about him possibly as you share the message of him being on the cross. But when it comes down to him being your Lord and your Savior, that's a whole different story. Uh, something has to happen there for that to take place. Uh, and, and there God does that through his word, through the spirit of God. He regenerates us and changes us by his work. Listen to uh, the book of John in chapter 6, a great passage. It says, it is the spirit, verse 63, that gives life. The flesh is no help at all. I'm amazed by that as I, I think of that. And then he goes on to say, and, and Jesus says, these words that I speak to you, they are spirit. So we cannot separate the two. By the way, all scriptures given by inspiration of God, by the spirit of God, we're given the word and the word is empowered by the spirit. And when we hear the gospel message and God regenerates us, we're regenerated and we, we respond in faith and trust in Christ at that time. And it's a wonderful thing as we think about the work of the Spirit in salvation. And then as we continue on, the Holy Spirit indwells every believer. Uh, let me read you two or three passages of Scripture that make this so clear. In 1 Corinthians in chapter 6, in verse 19, Paul's writing to those believers concerning sin and those who practice sin, who can commit sin without any concern, have no concern about it at all. That is, unless they get caught, maybe. Um, you know, he says, those people are not saved. And he goes on and he says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? He's speaking to believers. The Holy Spirit with you, whom you have from God. Also, Romans 8, 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells within you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Here in these verses of Scripture, uh, we're told, and we will speak more of them here in this passage of Scripture, when a person comes to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit who quickens or regenerates them, makes them alive through the Word of God, he moves in. Now, I know a lot of times people go to Acts, and the first few chapters in the book of Acts, there's a transitional period from the Old Testament into the New Testament. There's a real struggle for the Jewish believers to understand that God is not only going to regenerate the Jews, but he's going to the Gentiles. He's going to those of John the Baptist who were followers seemingly separate, and there were a lot of questions raised by the disciples concerning that. And we find in chapter 1 there, in chapter 2, we find the birth of the church when the church was baptized and those gathered there spoke with the tongues of other nations that were gathered at Jerusalem at that time. They heard uh, men speaking to them. And it was done that way for the Jews to know this work had begun, the church had begun. And it was certainly to the Jews. But then when we get to the book of Acts chapter 10, we find something very different. Peter is sent to Cornelius' family. They're Gentiles. Now comes the great thing that the Jews did not understand, and he wanted them to understand completely. And Cornelius and his family believed, and they were baptized in the Spirit and filled with the Spirit, and they spoke in the, in the tongues of other nations. Here's the second group. It was a message to the 
to the Jews that the Gentiles are part of this church also and this kingdom of God that he is building. But then in chapter 19, we find some of John the Baptist's followers. This is always hard for me to understand. They had gone through some period of time continuing to preach repentance and had not yet heard of Christ having died. And there they hear the gospel message and they believe and they are baptized and brought in. Listen, by the time we get to the Corinthian letters, it's very clear that every believer, as soon as you come to believe the gospel, the Holy Spirit of God moves in and lives in you. Jesus told this even before, if you will, um, he uh, went to the cross when he was with his disciples. He, he told them concerning this, he says uh, in John 14, 16, I pray to the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be with you forever. That's a great truth that we are given about believers. Every believer here today, you've been born again, you've been saved, I can assure you, you are indwelt by the Spirit of God. He works in your life on a daily basis. He works in your conscience. He works as you study the Word of God and as you hear the Word of God. As you and I commit sin, He, he alivens very quickly for us. He begins to show us many times even before we do it, He knows what's going on and He's working in your heart and dealing with you. He leads us in righteousness and how to live and to do and to do the things that please the Father. But listen, our salvation is not by works. We have been saved by grace through faith. But he has saved us for the purpose to honor him with our life. And we're saved unto good works. And certainly it is the work of the Spirit that empowers us. In the Old Testament, the, the matter of ethics was the law. And they failed. They could not keep it. It was very clear. In the New Testament... Jesus comes, he regenerates, he begins his church, and listen, he gives them the power of the Spirit on a daily, daily walk for them to be able to carry out the Spirit of the law according to the book of Romans so clearly. What a great truth this is, and I hope that it's an encouragement to you as we think about these things is the fact that he indwells every believer. And by the way, not only does he indwell every believer in the sense, understand every believer that has been saved still has a sin problem. And he doesn't depart when you have done that. And thank God for that. Uh, and, and certainly as we think of this, uh, what a blessing it is to us. Also, and I'm going to close this part and uh, maybe rehearse this again to us sometime in the future. The Holy Spirit baptizes every believer into the body. And the Holy Spirit, certainly, he seals every believer. The reason that we can say so clearly to the believer who's been genuinely born again, you will clearly be able to continue. Listen, if continuing in my faith and my walk with the Lord was up to me, I wouldn't make it. And I got news for you, you wouldn't either. God who saved me and who has regenerated me has moved in me and he's working in me and he preserves me and he causes me to be able to persevere by faith to the end. That's a great truth. That gives me great assurance. Now that don't give me uh, an attitude of don't care how I live, it doesn't matter. I tell you what, if you've been born again and the Spirit of God lives in you, you know it matters very much how you live and how you walk because he's there to make sure that. I have uh, often told people the reason the Spirit of God and he's the Holy Spirit lives in you, he's to make us holy. That's what he's doing. 
and certainly he will help us to continue. Philippians in chapter 1, I think it's verse 7. He that has begun a good work in you will complete it till the day of Christ. And I hope that you can rejoice in that truth today. And uh, I pray that God blesses you from the truth concerning the work of the Spirit. And I challenge you to, ins- to study it and to look at this doctrine. It's a great doctrine. It'll help you in your daily walk. And certainly if you're confused about it, uh, God can help you and set you straight from it. Well, let's pray and we'll just dismiss and uh, encourage you to fellowship. I wouldn't be passing out holy kisses. Might not be a good time these days in which we're living. And, uh, but, uh, but appreciate you being here today and, and encourage you to encourage one another today. Our Father, we are grateful today for your goodness to us. We thank you not only for your salvation, but for the Holy Spirit, Lord, who uh, indwells in us. He has saved us. He has brought us to this faith. And Lord, we pray that you will help us to be mindful, not to grieve him in any manner. And Lord, that we will uh, walk with you being uh, evident uh, because of the fact that the Spirit of God works in us and prods us on and leads us on. And Lord, we thank you and pray that you will be with those who are sick. Uh, There are several families, Lord, that are out with this problem. And we pray, Lord, that you will meet their needs. Pray that you will raise them up, heal their bodies. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.